Welcome to the Heart of Dating Podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to untangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way, because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. Why, hello there, my friends, and welcome to this bonus episode that is a compliment to the last episode we just did with my good friend, Deb Faleta, where we discussed dating with depression and anxiety. If you haven't listened to this episode, I highly recommend you go give it a tune in. It was so eye-opening for me, and I really believe that it's also going to help you as well. We discuss how to prioritize emotional health and why people in ministry are the ones that so often get burnt out, even though they're doing incredible work for other people. We also talk what it looks like to deal with depression and anxiety when you're in a dating relationship. Should you be in that relationship? Should you take time away to deal with all these things on your own? What do you do? Where is the balance? We talk about all of that. And then we did something that I have never done before. After our interview, I asked Deb, hey, can we do something a little different? Would you mind doing a live therapy check-in with me? So we did. Deb sat in her counselor seat and I sat in the seat of someone dealing with anxiety and depression. And she actually helped me unearth things that I didn't even know about myself or what I'm currently going through. So today is the day where that episode is released and it feels really vulnerable because I'm still in the middle of all of this mess right now. I'm still learning to deal with my depression. I'm still learning to control and heal my anxiety. And a lot of this is very new for me. And it also feels very vulnerable to even say all of that out loud. But in reading Deb's book and talking to other people that are close friends in my life, I realize that this is far more normal than I ever even considered. So I hope that today's episode would make you feel loved and seen and would potentially help you in where you are right now. Deb and I connected earlier. We're going to do something a little fun right now, Deb, and that I've never done on the podcast. So are you ready to to go into the the, the thing that we discussed? Let's <laughs> do it. Okay. All right, guys. So if you're listening right now, Deb and I are doing this fun exercise where we are going to be doing some live therapy. Deb is going to be using some of the tools from her book and the things we discussed today. And we're going to just be talking through a few things that I've been going through. Okay, Deb. So... We just did your episode talking about, you know, dating with depression and anxiety and how to really recognize that you may have depression or you may have anxiety. And even as you were talking in your interview and also while I was reading your book, there's so many things. This was It was truly a godsend moment to read your book because it, it, in this specific season after my book launch, because there have been so many good things in my life right now. Like there's really heart of dating's doing really well. We have a growing team. The book did very well, which was such a gift. I just moved to somewhere really amazing and I'm starting a new chapter in my life. There's so many good things. But even as I was reading your book and what we talked about in our last interview, I I've just recognized that something is going on with me kind of emotionally. And 
you know, I get to serve so many people and there are people who even, and I hate admitting this, but I am today because that's what this is about. There are people who reach out and share their hearts with me about how my book has impacted them or how me sharing my story of abuse has impacted them. And a few months ago, like those messages, I was just, they lit me up. I was like, yes. Oh my gosh. Like, thank you, God. And somehow I've been finding lately, and this is one of the signs for me, that even reading those messages are just like, I feel more apathetic than I have ever felt before, where I'm just like, oh, that's nice. Like, and I, I hate saying that because it, those things, those people reading my book, people, me impacting people does mean something to me. But I've just found like that usually brings me so much joy to be doing the work that I believe God has put me here to do. But I found like, okay, something's off. What's this thing that's been bringing me joy hasn't been bringing me as much joy. I recently went to a bachelorette party and I found being there. Like I usually love being around girls and having a fun time. And honestly, the whole time I was just like, when can I go to bed or when can I get away from everyone? And then I felt even worse because I'm like, why am I not being myself? Why am I not fun? Why am I, why do I want to just go to bed? And then there was like almost a shame cycle happening. So I've been coming to the realization that I am struggling with depression currently. And anyway, so (laughs) friend to friend, I'm admitting that to you and (laughs) we can talk through it. (laughs) Well, when you say struggling with depression, are you referring to different signs and symptoms you're seeing, or are you referring to the actual feeling? Like, I feel sad. I feel apathetic. Like, what are you, when you say struggling with depression, what does that mean for you? I, I'm struggling with the feelings of depression, but I feel like it's definitely something I've never admitted this in my life. And there may have been seasons where I've been going through more depressed states, but for me, I've been, I've been definitely struggling with a lot of the symptoms. I feel very out of body. I I feel like I can't shake. There's been times where, you know, I may be having a harder day or think I'm a little more irritable, but I can find my footing because I have the tools and I'm just in a state where I can find my footing more quickly and bounce back. But I haven't been able to really bounce back, even though in my mind, I think I know what to do, (laughs) but maybe I also don't. So Yeah, just struggling with fatigue, apathy, a lack of like normal joy that I I find I normally have. And so does that even answer your question? (laughs) I don't know. Do you feel like you have feelings of sadness or just apathy? I've been definitely having feelings of sadness and probably like hopelessness in in ways. Like I'm never going to get out of this or this thing, I'm never going to find the end of (laughs) – this tunnel. Like I've just been feeling like a lot of it instead of my default going to, Oh, there's a way out of this. There's hope I've been finding. Yeah. Just more hopelessness. And that, that is definitely part of what makes depression hard is it's like this dark cloud that kind of hovers overhead and it hides the sun. And sometimes it hides it for so long that you start to question if it's even there. Does it actually exist? What was I like before? Like, will I ever be be back to normal? And the truth is you will be. It's just a season for sure. But, you know, I'm, w- tell me a little bit about what you keep talking about. Your typical self is like more happy, more positive, more, you know, energized. 
what is your typical personality? Like, let's even narrow it down to the Enneagram. What would you say your Enneagram number is? Yes, I'm an Enneagram three. So (laughs) performance work, I definitely, you know, the one thing I'd struggle with there that I'm aware of is, you know, what people think of me. And so going back to even that bachelor party example, knowing that this is what I normally show up as is the life of the party, very joyous, just kind of like bubbly. And I started experiencing shame spirals while I was there or having some shame spirals because I was like, I'm like not that person. I'm definitely not the life of the party. I'm not being very bubbly. I'm not very excited or happy, even though like internally I am excited for my best friend that's getting married. And I, but like, I couldn't get there externally, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think it's important for us to kind of start there because for you, what I'm hearing is that you find your value and your identity in what you bring to the table Mm. in what you have to offer. Yeah. Right. And when you feel like you're not offering blank, you're not giving blank, you're not bringing this to the table, you're not measuring up to the standard of what you're supposed to offer people. It makes you feel even worse about it. Right. Yeah. Well, yes. <laughs> and I think the key, you know, part, so so part of healing, Kate, is going to happen in two ways. Mm. The first way is to figure out what is putting a damper on your present. Mm. You know, what is causing the 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 feelings of apathy and distress in the present? Maybe it means setting more boundaries around your life, taking a season of rest. I mean, do you feel like this kind of started happening after book launch? Yes, absolutely. I did. Yeah. And I thought I was resting because I went to Disney and I went on these fun trips and I'm reflecting now a few months later and I'm like, I don't know if that was really resting for me. Right. Right. For sure. It's funny because you, you do present sometimes as an Enneagram seven. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. No, I get that a lot from people too. With the joy and fun life of the party. Let's go. Yay. Yeah, But either way, I think what sevens and threes have in common is they want to make light of the hard stuff Mm, and kind of shove it, repress it until sometimes there's nowhere left for it to go, but out Mm -hmm. here in the present, you know? Yeah. And I think part of it, part of healing is to look at life in the present and really take a, a deep honest look at your life and schedule and what can you do to decrease stress in this season? Because this is kind of like people have joked about it, but launching a book is sort of like postpartum period. Yeah, You have all it's these true. hopes and you dreams. You launched a baby, kind of, <laughs> a book baby. You have all these hopes and dreams of what you think it's going to be like, and then you launch it into the world and then it's kind of over. Mm. And you've been working, 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 working. And now that it's out there, there's nothing left to do in a sense, nothing left to bring to the table in a Mm -hmm. sense. And it can, it can cause this feeling of emptiness or a lack of value, a lack of purpose. Like now what? Yeah. When really it's the perfect time to regroup, to recalibrate, to look in, to rest. So Again, the first step, I think, is to really identify what can you do in the present to help alleviate some of these symptoms. But a deeper thing, 
And, and what I think is kind of the true mark of healing mm. is going back to the root. Yeah. Because if so much of your identity is wrapped up in what you bring to the table, when you have nothing to bring to the table, it will impact what you believe about yourself, how you feel about yourself, your emotions, it impacts everything. So then part of the process of healing isn't just dealing with the present. Part of the process of healing is backtracking going to the past, figuring out the roots of what has led me to be the type of person who feels like my value is wrapped up in what I bring to the table. Because that's a message that you've received along the way growing up through childhood, maybe yeah. your role in your family, like mm -hmm. what you bring to the table is what determines your value. But in Christ, we know that's not the truth. Mm -hmm. It's not what we bring to the table. It's what he's brought to the table. Mm. So I think part of this process too for you is looking back and saying, if I could begin to get to the root of those beliefs and start to undo them, then when I'm depressed in the present and I have nothing to bring to the table, I'm not going to judge myself. Yeah, I'm not going to heap shame on myself because my value isn't wrapped up in what I bring to the table. And so this frees me, this gives me permission to just be and rest and accomplish nothing for a little while oh, and just and allow God's so grace to be what I'm putting my value in, you know? Yeah. I, you know, as you're bringing up the roots, like I, I have gone through a lot of these, I do know like where the performance, the validation, the need to be valued, like I was and I wrote about this even in my book and be, through therapy exercises. It's like I I felt like I needed to shine because my internal world at home was so tumultuous. And so I was yeah. like, well, in order for my parents to see me, I need to perform. I need to be the best at this sport. I need to be the A plus student. I need to serve. I need to I – I was like the dress to impress. I got it really into fashion. It was just like every part of me presented like – that girl is top of her class, a game, talk of her top of her career when it moved out of high school into um, working and in, after college, um, and and all of that. And I really thrived off of like being perceived as this specific kind of person. And a lot of that started crumbling when I was in an abusive relationship while at the pinnacle of my career, working in fashion, going to fashion week, going to Europe 12 times a year, but behind closed doors, being in this terribly abusive relationship that made me question everything about myself. And nobody yeah. outside of like a very small group of friends really knew what was happening. Like people at work would never have assumed that I was staying up till 4 a.m. fighting with this guy. You know, the what I was, I was still the value that I had in that season because internally and behind the closed doors, my life felt like it was such turmoil and I really hated myself in many ways. But I grip, grasped onto the identity I presented to people at work and outside or even just on the streets of New York because people would look at me and be like, she has her stuff together. Look at her strut to work, you know? Right. Some of that awareness is there. I think there's more to be had. But I also really struggle with just like rest, <laughs> I would say, or the doing nothing thing that you just mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> like for me, it's like, what? <laughs> And, and, and that's because healing happens in layers. Like just because you recognize some of those roots doesn't mean they're not going to try to come back. 
yeah, and try to affect you today in a different way. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not in an abusive relationship anymore because you know better now you've learned you, mm-hmm. you, you've snipped some of those roots, but that doesn't mean those roots aren't going to come back to try to affect a different part of your life and say, okay, Kate, you got to do more. You got to show up. You've got to have something to offer. And maybe it feels a little healthier now because it's not a toxic relationship, but it's still the same root. And, and when these roots come back, we shouldn't be discouraged. It doesn't mean you're going backwards. It means that God is saying, okay, Kate, it's time for the next layer of healing. I want to deal with the next layer. I want to give you permission to just be, to just be who I've made you to be. And, and in this season of feeling not your norm, as you're working on figuring out what you can do to alleviate some of these feelings, part of healing is also realizing that you don't have to keep producing all the time, yeah. doing all the time. Like this is, this is truly a, the next layer of healing because you're learning that even good things in your life have limits and that's okay. You're human, you know? So I definitely don't see it as a setback. I see it as facing some of those roots again, and this time applying truth to to this season of life, of, of realizing that you don't have to keep giving all the time. In fact, you weren't made to. So here's the deal. You don't have to scroll very far down your newsfeed to find a story about the restorative effects of collagen. It's all the rage these days, but it's also way more than just the hype. With all the news about collagen on the market these days, how do you know which brand to actually invest in? You can get the very best collagen on the market today from Ancient Nutrition. Ancient Nutrition has one goal, to transform the health of every individual on the planet with history's most powerful superfoods. Whether you want to improve your body, sharpen your mind, or just feel like your very best self, Ancient Nutrition makes supplements that get real results you can see and feel. All Ancient Nutrition products are made from the highest quality ingredients and are rigorously and repeatedly tested for purity. Their best-selling multi-collagen protein powder includes five types of collagen. It is the first and only collagen on the market with clinically studied ingredients proven to help reduce joint comfort as early as day one, improve fine lines and wrinkles after four weeks, and transform your overall skin tone after eight weeks. It's unflavored and dissolves in any liquid, so you can put a scoop in your morning coffee, smoothie, or even your baked goods. Personally, you guys, I love mixing my Ancient Nutrition Multi-Collagen Protein Powder into my morning coffees. It is my routine and I love it. And right now, you guys, Ancient Nutrition is offering 20% off your first order when you go to ancientnutrition.com and enter the promo code HEART at checkout. That's ancientnutrition.com, entering the promo code HEART, and you'll get 20% off. Hope you enjoy. like reminded of even something you wrote in your book. I think it was in chapter three, but about 
both those there was two sections in that chapter about joy and exhaustion and I remember the it just felt so eye-opening and I felt so seen because it felt like exactly what we're talking about like the exhaustion that I realized there's so many good things happening around me and there's so many people that want things of me even and I want to give because I believe that's some of my giftings but where I need to be okay with having boundaries and resting and, Mm -hmm. and canceling some things or not going to as many social events or not committing to as many work things and new projects. Cause as an entrepreneur, I'm like, this project ends. Okay. What's the next one? What's the next amazing thing? And there's no, there's very little actual like break rest time for my soul within all of that. You've been in a season of serious pouring out, which now requires a season of serious filling mm. in order to keep the balance. Yeah. And if you're struggling to allow yourself to be filled, to see these as, a, as signals that your body's like, okay, it's time to stop, time to get filled. If you're struggling to allow yourself to be filled, that tells me there's more work that needs to be done on the roots. Man, it's just, I guess then my mind goes to, this is just really raw, but I'm like, what do I do when people feel disappointed? (laughs) What do I do when people are like, oh, you can't show up to that thing or you can't do that or you have to cancel this? I I don't know. Like that already brings me like uh, to the other point, not just anxiety. I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to let any, like, I don't, I, I, is it maybe it's in my head that they are going to be really let down, but maybe some people really are going to be let down and then I, I'm going to feel bad. <laughs> right. And that's part of this is the part of healing, too, is learning, like, what do I put my value in and why? Like, is it in being the best that I can be to do what God has called me to do? Or is it in making people happy? Mm. At the end of the day, it's really do I honor God yeah. or do I honor man? Wow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, that's just a hard truth. <laughs> I know. I'm here. I'm that's what I'm all about, girl. <laughs> yeah. No, that's but, but, but if you think oh, yeah. about it, it is that. Do I do I honor what God has called me to do to fill up so that I can pour out, to take a season of rest, to nourish my soul and spirit, my heart, my emotions, my mental health? Or do I just care so much about what people think? that I am willing to put that stuff aside to please people, you know? And again, if that's really hard for you, that's a sign that there's some more work. There's another layer of healing that needs to happen to free you from some of the narratives of your past that have led you to this belief. Because someone, another person, like, for example, me, Kate, Mm. I say, it's too bad they feel bad. Yeah. That's, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sad they feel bad, but that's their thing. That's not my thing. Yeah. And so we, you have that lens for a reason. And, and so when you're struggling with doing something in the present, again, it's always a sign that there's more work to be done mm. in the past. Mm. Yeah, this is good. I, I'm thinking now like, okay, if I create the space in this room, my next thing is how do I be productive with that time? Oh my gosh, it's such a three response. How do I be productive with the space right. that I have? <laughs> right. I'm such an Enneagram three. But I'm like, 
how do I make sure that I'm going to God for these moments and not And let me stop you with the Enneagram it. thing yeah. because <laughs> the Enneagram is the lens that we have put on in order to cope with the dysfunction of life. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's the lens that we should always see the world through. Like just because you're a three doesn't mean that you stay a three. You need to be health, a healthy person. You almost can't tell their Enneagram number because they're so balanced. Yeah. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think at the end of the day, it's okay. This is my default, Mm. but is it healthy? Oh my gosh, Deb. I already feel like lighter. Yeah, I know. There's (laughs) well, we're gonna have to do another check-in either privately or publicly on how it's going. But I'm just gonna publicly commit to you that I'm gonna I'm I'm so grateful, first of all, but yeah, maybe it's time to say no to more things. And it's so funny. I'm like, oh gosh, I wrote about some of this. It's the the irony of like even when you write about things or the therapist needs their own therapy. I still need to go back and even remind myself of things I've learned and do some even further work. So I think- And and let me me end with this. It's not just saying no. And I talk about this and are you really okay in in one of the chapters in the physical health section where I talk about boundaries. It's not just saying more no's, it's getting to the root of my yes. Mm. Why do I feel the need to say yes? Because if you can't get to the root of your yes- just saying more no's is going to only last you for a short time until you start saying yes again. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I like that answer. I like that thought process. What? What's the root of my yes? Why do I feel like I have to say yes? Or why am I saying yes? Oof. That's really good. Deb, thank you so much. I love you, girl. I'm just grateful right now. I feel like I'm just going to do some reflecting. But thank you for doing this as a supplemental kind of fun experiment exercise something to do different live um where you kind of work worked me through walked me through some of your process even more reason why people need to get your book are you really okay it's so helpful (laughs) oh thanks kate thank you for inviting me in thank you for trusting me Mm. you know both on air and off air um it just it means a lot to me and i respect you so much and i'm just so grateful for your heart Mm. And the healing that God is doing and has already done. Mm. And that so many people can follow suit because you've said yes to that healing. Well, there it is, you guys. Our live therapy check-in with Deb Valeda. Man, do I have a lot of things to reflect on. Thank you for listening to that. It was so exposing, but I honestly feel so confident in sharing that with you guys because I want you to know that it is normal. Whatever you are going through, it's okay to not be okay. And it's also okay to admit that you need some help. There are a lot of good things going on in my life, but I still recognize that so many of them are stressors and that it's culminated and I've actually not taken some of the time and rest that I've needed to really find balance in my life. So I'm looking forward to figuring out what that looks like in the coming months and I hope and pray that you take the time that you need to also heal yourself. On that note, you've heard me say this before, but in today's age, I am so less concerned with your credit score, how much money you make, all that stuff, and more so concerned with what is the state of your emotional health. And have you ever actually invested in therapy for yourself? I have dated far too many unhealthy people in the past, 
and I've even been really toxic in the past. And more than ever, I today value mental health and how that can be partnered with our faith as Christians. You've probably heard me talk about faithful counseling before, and it's because it's an amazing service that is so affordable. We have hundreds of Heart of Dating community members using the service, and I could not rave about it more. It's an affordable option to get a virtual Christian therapist. And you guys, for Heart of Dating listeners, you get a 10% discount on your first month when you sign up through the Heart of Dating by going to getfaithful.com forward slash heart of dating. All right, y'all, that's it for today. I just pray and pray and pray that you feel seen, heard, loved, and that you feel compelled to start and or continue your healing journey. Until next time. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.